all around us there are signs of disruptive change. The lighting project in the cathedral building has brought disruptive change to this parish family, as evidenced by the fact here we are at St. John the Baptist. The decline of the industrial base of this city has brought disruptive change to Dundee. The politics of Brexit has brought disruptive change to Great Britain, and for some, has renewed the ever-fresh question of Scottish independence. But disruptive change is not solely a European commodity. I'll take a wild guess, just a wild guess, that some of you have noticed some disruptive change happening back in my home country, the United States. And if you've noticed any signs of local change, or global disruptive change lately, raise your hand. Lots of hands going up. Well, disruptive change is not the special reserve of the modern era, as revealed to us in the lesson from St. Mark's Gospel. Jesus has come upon the scene of first century Israel like a lion, roaring a gospel of mighty love, laying his kingly paws on the sick who are healed, leaping through hordes of vacating demons cast out from the possessed. And the powers that be, both Jewish and Roman, take notice. Because this wandering rabbi is an agent of disruptive change. And disruptive change elicits, it brings forth from the human being many feelings. Feelings of fear, excitement, and anxiety. And the disciples James and John, the two apostles, nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. Gee, I wish that was my nickname, the Son of Thunder. Oh, you can very good. Very good. The sons of thunder, for them, the disruptive change that Jesus is bringing excites them. And James and John think, finally, change is going to happen, and for the better, for the better, things will finally be put in the right way. Because James and John, like many people in first century Israel, thought that Jesus was going to exchange his spiritual popularity and prominence for political position. And when he did that, James and John wanted the top cabinet posts. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus said to them, what is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. And then our Lord goes on to describe the way of the Christian, the way of the disciple, in any period of disruptive change, whether 1st century Jerusalem or 21st century Dundee. You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers, lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. 
to serve. That is the way of the Christian. That is the way of discipleship. And that is the invitation the Lord is making to you this morning, to this cathedral congregation this morning, and to all who seek God. To serve in Jesus' name. To serve in Jesus' name. Let's all try to say that aloud together. To serve in Jesus' name. We are still awake. Good. Uh, An amusing story is told about President Woodrow Wilson, who was president in and around the period of World War I. He received a call in the middle of the night from one of his civil servants telling him that one of his political appointees had died. And the caller said, Well, I'm sure we are all disheartened to hear this news. I would like to know if I could take his place. There was a pause on the other end of the line before the president replied, Well, it's all right with me if it's all right with the undertaker. To serve in Jesus' name is an invitation not to serve selfishly, but generously. So point of opportunity, or point of example. The construction project that you've been experiencing can be simply viewed as an annoyance. As disrupting your beloved patterns of worship. And yeah, it's probably done that. But it also can be viewed as an opportunity to show your commitment to Christ. And your commitment to this cathedral congregation by showing up wherever worship is held and whatever state that the worship space is in. As one theologian has written, quote, Our Lord invites us to serve, and service to God will often require personal disruption. End of quote. And in case you didn't get that, I will rewind that. Our Lord invites us to serve, and service to God will often require personal disruption. That personal disruption might be rearranging your schedule to better serve your family. It might involve changing things up to help out a friend. It might be being bothered by a stranger and assisting them in some way. It might be by disrupting your schedule to be more involved at the cathedral. Or if you're a visitor, whatever your local church is. If you don't have a local church, find one. But under the able leadership of your provost, provost, I still say that incorrectly, provost. Thank you, I'm not even going to try that. (laughs) But under the leadership of this man, And I trust that you pray for him and his family and support him in the vestry. There are many opportunities for service here. And in our increasingly secular age, every church, but especially a cathedral, needs every member involved in some way. So are you involved here in service at the cathedral? Are you serving in some way? If you are, thank you. For your service. Thank you for showing your commitment to Christ in that way. But if you aren't, how might you get involved in a way that would grow your faith and the impact of this cathedral congregation? 
Perhaps God is inviting some of you, or perhaps the whole parish, to engage more intentionally with the poverty and addiction in this city. But if you're not sure how you should might get involved, then talk to the leadership, talk to the vestry, talk to your friends who are already involved serving here. But get involved or take the next step of your involvement. Some of you have been holding back. God has something for you, and you have been holding back, not taking that step. Perhaps it's time to take that step. Serve in Jesus' name. Love God, love neighbor, both here at the cathedral and beyond. Now, I know that some of you are involved in good causes and good things outside of this cathedral parish and other organizations and in your own ways. And those can indeed can be ways of serving God as well. As a great Scottish Bible commentator, William Barclay wrote, quote, Love always involves responsibility. And love always involves sacrifice. And we do not really love Christ unless we are prepared to face his task and to take up his cross. End of quote. Now, yes, there are periods of slowness. There are periods of grieving. There are periods of transition in your life where you might not be involved in serving very much. Of course. But for the most of life, throughout every stage, however young or old, there is a time and a way for you to serve, to make a difference. Find yours. That is the way of the Christian. That is the way of the disciple. That is the way to respond to disruptive change. If you're going through something that's disruptive in your life, find a way to give to others. If the world is going mad, find a way to serve. Because after all, what did Jesus say? For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And with God's grace, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, may you and I do the same. Amen.